you for joining us this week for Sunday worship. As a church family, we would normally be in our building and we could pass the collection plates. We share our time, our talents, and our treasure. However, since we are unable to be together, we are asking for your continued support. You can e-transfer to treasure at graceunitedhanover.ca or graceuc at whiteman.ca. Checks can also be mailed to Grace United Church, 310 12th Street, Hanover, Ontario, N4N1V6. Thank you for your support. And just before we begin our worship service, um, just let you know there are shakers and drums at the front. If you would like to use them for any of the hymns they fit, you're welcome to grab them. I think especially the last hymn today, the, the choral blessing today is one that um, fits really well with drums and shakers, but you're welcome to grab them anytime. They're only used on Sundays, so they sit there and then are nice and clean for all of us. And on this, one of the, the, the holiest day of the Christian year, may we feel the love of Christ, the unstoppable love of God, filling our lives, blessing one another in the sanctuaries of our home, in the sanctuary of this building. May we feel the love of community, giving us strength and bringing us joy and helping us to live the good news. And I invite us to look around, see those who are here in person, to look up and see the camera and those who are worshiping at home as we wave and share the peace of Christ. The peace of Christ be with you. There is an announcement sheet at the back of the church um, lifting up one announcement in particular, a um, sincere thanks to the following families for their donations of flowers for our Easter celebration this morning in memory of their loved ones. From Marilyn Bentley, in memory of Doug Bentley. For Annabe from Annabelle, Holly, Lynn, Christina, and Arden, in memory of Art Holly from Marjorie Gates in memory of Al Gates, from Joyce McPhail in memory of Gil McPhail. And we remember all who've gone before us, that their love may continue, and we may feel it on this day of resurrection and every day. And as we gather in worship, we remember the promise of Easter, the promise of the power of love, reconciliation and healing. And we remember that we are gathered on the traditional territory of the Haudenosaunee, Ottawa, and Anishinaabawaki nations. And we pray that God may ever lead us towards truth and reconciliation, and that we are on treaty, the area covered by Treaty 45 and a half. And we light our Christ candle and as we do, we gather ourselves in worship. And may the brightness of Christ's presence guide us now and always.
And we light a candle for peace, remembering the people of Ukraine, praying for all people whose lives are touched by violence, war, and fear. We pray for peace in Ukraine. We pray for those who inflict violence that they may turn towards a better healing way. Friends, let us sing together our opening hymn, Christ the Lord is Risen Today, number 157 in Voices United, the Red Hymn Book, and on the screen. Let us join in our call to worship and our opening prayer. Hallelujah. Christ is risen. Shout it out in the church. Christ is risen. Shout it out with the suffering, the abused, the brokenhearted. Christ is risen. Shout it out where life is not fully lived. Christ is risen. And not only Christ, we are risen. And not only us, the world is being resurrected. Resurrection comes in the healing of creation, the restoring of relationship, and the commitment to love, peace, and justice. Resurrection happens. Hallelujah. Christ is risen. We are resurrected. Amen. We pray together. Resurrecting God. On this day of blessing and celebration, help us to embody the 
promise of Christ's resurrection, that we may be your life-giving touch in this world. Amen. We don't have a lot of young, but um, if the young, a couple of young at heart would like to come forward, that would be helpful. Any age, young at heart. So I, I invite you to put some flowers in our cross. I'm going to tell you, we're going to talk a little bit after. But I invite you to put some flowers on our cross, a tradition we've had here for the last number of years. put them all on. No one else is coming up. So we're decorating our cross. We're changing the look of it this morning. It's kind of a, not a very happy image before. It was wood and this um, chicken wire and not very welcoming or loving. And we are going to change it. Okay. Once it's changed, you can actually sit in your seat. We will do the time for Young at Heart all together. Thank you for coming up and helping me with that. So I, I have a question for you. What are some things that people are afraid of? I don't ask what are you afraid of. You can just anything that people might be afraid of. Anything? The dark? The dark? Yeah. Spiders. Yeah. How many people are afraid of spiders? There's a good number of people who just go, oh. bats, yep, yep. We're good for bats today. Snakes, snakes are a big one too. I have a friend who grew up on a farm and he, he hated moving the hay because every once in a while a snake would jump out at him. Anything else? Change. Change, yeah. Pardon? A phobia of long words. Yeah, there's lots of phobias, isn't there? One phobia of long words. Yeah. Ice. Ice. Yeah. There's a lot of people afraid of ice, for sure. Fire. Fire. Yeah. Confrontation. Yeah. Back in Jesus' time, and even after Jesus' time, one of the scariest things for people was the cross. It was so scary, in fact, that it would take a couple generations for Christians to even have the cross as a symbol of their faith because it was such a fear-inducing image. Because it was an image that, it was more than just a way to publicly kill people. It was used to terrify people into submission, terrify people from working for change for the better for people. Throughout the Roman occupied area, crosses would hang, and, and when they weren't hung, the poles, the posts would hang, reminding people that it's ready in case people stood up. People were terrified of the symbol. And then something amazing happens in our faith. We hear of Jesus' death on the Friday, and we hear of the resurrection, and, and the scariest of symbols. It took some time, but the scariest of symbols became a symbol of our faith, of God's great, unstoppable love for each one of us, of Christ's resurrection and the promise that hate doesn't win, fear doesn't win, injustice doesn't win, all the things the cross says. But love and justice and peace, those win. They always win in the end. God's love is always working through Christ and each one of us. And this symbol of absolute fear, scarier than spiders, probably for most people, scarier than snakes for most people, or the dark, this thing that, that caused people to just back away. And we heard it in the disciples who ran away. It becomes a symbol of deep, deep love that finds us even when we are afraid, even when we're scared, even when there doesn't seem to be hope. God's love shines. And that's the promise of the resurrection. 
So thank you for helping me change the symbol this morning. And let us hear how God's love is at work in our stories of our faith and our scripture reading and our special announcement as well for today. Thank you for helping me with that. I did ask Reverend McCall if I could just comment for a moment on the story in your bulletin regarding the Saugeen Hospice Incorporated having a hike for hospice in, in mild May on Sunday, December, uh, May 1st in, in mild May. As you likely know, for several years before COVID, we have always had one in Hanover supporting our HGB, Chapman House. Now they're only doing one virtually this year. So because down here for our Saugeen Hospice that we're hoping to build, we're still waiting on our government number to issue tax receipts for tax purposes. We're not having a hike in Hanover, we're only having one in Mild May. And we're, although we're very hopeful that we will have our magic number very soon, we're asking for hikers and donors to make their donations and be aware that they may or may not get a tax receipt. I have a pledge sheet and I'll be participating in Mild May on May 1st. So if you would like to make a donation to my sheet for our Saugeen build, uh, see me after the service today, please, and I, I'd be most grateful for your help. Now, in Stories of Our Faith, the title today is Acts of Compassion Give Rise to Peace. There is one thing that will never fail us, compassion. Acts of compassion, both big and small, give rise to peace. Now we can't wave a magic wand and bring about world peace. But with every act of compassion, we harness the power of love, the same power Jesus lived and died for, and that he promised could move mountains. Over two years since our COVID-19 pandemic began to sweep the globe, life has become harder for millions of families. 148 million people have been having trouble putting food on the table since 2019. Last year, more than 80 million people around the world were forced to flee their homes because of rising violence and conflict, and half of them were children. In the last two years, visits to Canadian food banks have climbed 20% with the cost of food predicted to raise 5 to 7% this year. When people don't have what they need to survive, conflict is inevitable. Your gifts through mission and service support, support are not just about food or safety or education or even human rights. They are ultimately about peace. And a, a world where division tears the fabric that binds us together, that's everything. Jesus put compassion into action every day he lived. He brought hope into a room every time he walked into. He was literally the calm in the storm. He stretched out his arms, the ultimate sacrifice of love, and the world was never the same. The Easter story is a testament to our ability to make a powerful, positive difference. Every act of compassion gives rise to peace. Thank you for your generosity through mission and service. Your gifts truly do help move mountains. Now the scripture today is taken from Luke 24 verses 1 to 12. But on the first day of the week at early dawn, they came to the tomb taking the spices they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men in dazzling clothes stood beside them. Well, the women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you that while he is still in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified. And on the third day, he would rise again. Well, then they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all this to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, 
and Mary the mother of Jesus and the other women with them who told this to the apostles. But these words seem to be an idle tale and they didn't believe them. But Peter, he got up and ran to the tomb. Stooping and looked in, he saw the linen cloths by themselves and then he went home amazed at what had happened. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Christ is risen, hallelujah. 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 Christ is risen, was a reflection shared on Facebook. I, I should have copied down the words. Um, and it talked about that Easter, sometimes you don't feel Eastery at Easter. Sometimes there's lots of things that can happen that just make you feel like it's hard to yell hallelujah or, or share in the joy of the day. Um, many of us know that experience. And, um, but the promise is that resurrection comes to us, even in those places where we still feel like we're in the Friday or the silence of Holy Saturday. One of my little quirks today is I, I've loaded up my iPad this last night, and um, in the full service I put on there, I forgot to put the sermon. <laughs> Thankfully, I have it on my phone. So um, if you saw me playing on my phone while the song was going, I, I was getting the sermon up on here. So. Otherwise, winging it would have been really tough. As we hear these words, may we hear God speaking life and meaning and hope and joy into all of our hearts. The pain still lingers. The wetness of tears, the rawness from crying, the trembling of despair, the shaking of hopelessness are still very real. The smell of the ointments fills the tomb as the women hold on to the bottles and stare, stare at the two strangers in front of them, listening. Why do you look for the living? among the dead. Why do you look for the living among the dead? The horrors of Friday still linger in them. The conformity of the temple police as they arrested Jesus, the danger that caused most of Jesus' followers to flee and cower at the sidelines, the fear of the powerful who were threatened by Jesus is still in their minds. They remember the temple authorities deciding that it was better to kill Jesus than face the wrath of Rome. 
They still remember the cross, an image of empire's control, an empire that meant a lot of suffering for these peasant women. The image of the cross still lingers with them as they remember the Roman soldiers who performed the crucifixion, that torturous public death reserved for the most heinous, the most heinous of crimes, treason. Why do you look? Why do you look for the living among the dead? The strangers ask. The, woman, the women hold on to their ointments, the symbols of ending in this place of finality. They have just witnessed the worst of humanity. They have just watched their friend, teacher, healer, Messiah, God incarnate, be tortured and killed. This is the only place they can be. They are in the place of death because fear, intimidation, injustice, hatred, and cowering have driven them to this place. They are now, they are now a people of death. They are now members of a cult of death, having followed a dead Messiah, a now dead Messiah. They have not come looking for life, but to honor the dead. Good Friday plays out like a horror movie. It's more than just the physical destruction of the day. Friday says that Jesus and all that he stood for and all that he brought, the hope he brought to the world, loses. Friday says the worst of humanity is the best that we can expect, that power, control, and injustice are a fact of life. Friday says that fear, cowering, and conformity are the only responses available. Good Friday says that those who killed Jesus and all that brought about his death, well, those win in the end. Now I know without doubt that many of us, maybe all of us, have walked into the Golgotha, the place of the skulls, the Golgotha places of life, the places of skulls, execution, fear, and suffering. I know that many of us have walked into the tomb places of life. I know this because as your minister, I've been invited into some of the most difficult parts of your life. I know this because we are part of a shared creation, intimately connected to one another. And when one of us suffers, we all suffer alongside each other. I know this because I've lived it as well. Anyone who has lived in the midst of loss so powerful that it made life feel empty or meaningless knows what it is like to be in Good Friday. Anyone who has experienced or seen injustice, hatred, or violence and thought, there's nothing, nothing I can do, there's nothing we can do, knows what it's like to be in Good Friday. Anyone who has heard the voice within or spoken the word, yes, I know I am part of the injustices of the world, but what can I do, knows what it's like to be part, be in Good Friday. Anyone who has lived, and anyone who's lived and engaged the world at a deep level and experienced the harder aspects of living, we know what it's like to stand in Golgotha and stand in the tomb. Where there is injustice and intimidation and control, control, there is Golgotha. Where there is fear, cowering, hopelessness, suffering, and powerlessness, there is the tomb. Following in the way of Jesus means not denying this difficult truth. In the Good Fridays of life, the limits are tested it seems like love is destroyed by hate, hope by fear, liberation by enslavement, justice by injustice, life by death. It can feel like Easter is an impossibility because Good Friday is just too powerful. Good Friday says we are now people of death, part of a cult of death, 
following a dead Messiah. The stranger's question is jolting, and the women have no choice, have a choice. They have a choice. They can stay in the tomb and grieve the dead Jesus who's now missing, or they can go out back into the world where they will experience the living Christ. Together, the women set down the ointments and they walk out of the tomb. They've walked through Friday's destruction and death and the disturbing silence of Saturday. They walk out of the tomb back to life. By daring to do this, they experience the resurrection, the living Christ. They join in living the resurrection. They embody the good news and they share it with others. Even if the news is so shocking that some have trouble hearing it at first. The way of life that Jesus unfolded in the women, the life rooted in God, lived out in love and compassion, will be found again, will be shown to be the victor of the day. They will experience Christ because they have chosen life over death, hope over fear, love over hate. You know, it's hard at the moment to live. They walk out into the light of day saying, we are a people of life. We are part of a faith of life. We worship a God of life revealed to us in a living Christ. Friends, the question of Easter is not about the technicalities of the resurrection, when or where or how it happened. And we have a beautiful part of our faith where the different gospels tell the story differently. And we hear different ways of coming into the mystery of Easter. The question of Easter is the question of faith. Will you live a dead life or a living life? The resurrection pulls us back into life. Many years ago, philosopher and church leader Peter Rowlings wrote these powerful words. He writes, I deny the resurrection of Christ every time I do not serve at the feet of the oppressed. Each day that I turn my back on the poor, I deny the resurrection of Christ when I close my ears to the cries of the downtrodden and lend my support to an unjust and corrupt system. However, there are moments when I affirm that resurrection, few and far between as they are. I affirm it when I stand up for those who are forced to live on their knees, when I speak for those who have had their tongues torn out, when I cry for those who have no more tears left to shed. Brother Richard Rohr shares that we experience the resurrection of Jesus over and over again whenever our journey with God transforms the body of Christ, whenever it transforms us. It is in our daring, our daring to live, to live in the fullest, to live the life Jesus unfolded, life rooted in God, lived out in love and compassion, that resurrection is found, that resurrection becomes a lived experience. Why look for the living among the dead? It is in daring to live, to live the fullness of our creation, that the risen Christ is experienced again and again. It is in living this, it is in li this living that the power of God's love is revealed, that was revealed in Christ, that is revealed in Christ, and is found through all of us. I see Good Friday over and over and over again as a minister. And as I reflect on my life, I can name the Good Friday moments and experiences. Sometimes I felt like they would go on forever. And I also see, I also get to see Easter and the power of resurrection time and time and time again. The power of Easter that is found in the love that holds the grieving, that lifts up the signs of protest against injustice, or wears them on lapels.
that offers support through the difficult, fear-filled moments of life that is found where the living Christ is experienced. I see it in the way, as community, we come together to share our love with one another, to support and care for one another, to offer God's love in our words and actions to all around us. Yes, life includes the Golgotha and the tomb places, and following Christ means we walk right into those places. Life means we go into those places. But our faith reminds us that we can enter these places and God is there, God is with us, even when it feels like God isn't. We are invited to be the women in Luke's story who follow Christ fully, daring to go to Golgotha and to go into the tomb and then follow the living Christ back into life, a life transformed, a life leading towards healing and justice. In living the resurrection, the empire of God that Jesus passionately lived is made known. It takes root in this world. We become channels, each one of us, of God's Easter love. Because the empire of God is not brought about by power to conform the world, but by love that transforms the world. Through love, God transforms creation to be a creation of life and love, a resurrected Easter creation. As we go out with shouts of, He is risen, May we also live the message the women of the women saying, we are a people of faith, we are a part of a faith of life, we worship a God of life revealed to us in a living Christ. May we experience the resurrection and may we live, may we live the resurrection. Let us live fully, let us love boldly, and let us be an Easter people. For each and every one of us are part of the amazing things that God is doing at Easter and all times. Amen. And thanks be to God. And let us sing the hymn number 173, Thine is the Glory.
And in living our faith, we celebrate the gifts of God that fill our lives, and we share our gifts, our gifts of time, talent, love, food, relationship, money, and more. We share it, offering it to God, asking God to bless it, that it may be a sign of life, of healing in this church and in this community and in this world. Let us share in our offertory prayer. You, O oh God, are the Easter one. You are the holy source of resurrection. You are the dancing spirit of life. We offer these gifts in gratitude for hope returned, for the mystery of your grace, and for the promise of resurrection. Amen. We share in our prayers a gift of love and hope. Let us pray. Loving God, when everything was dark and it seemed that the sun would never shine again, your love broke through. Your love was too strong, too wide, too deep for death to hold. The sparks cast by your love dance and spread and burst forth with resurrection light. Gracious God, we praise you for the light of new life made possible through Jesus. We praise you for the light of new life that shone on the first whiteness of resurrection. We praise for the light of your new life that continues to shine in our hearts today. We pray that the Easter light of life, hope, and love will live in each one of us and that we will be bearers of that light into the lives of others. As we live in the light of that love, we bring before you our prayers. We pray for those who are mourning the death of a loved one. We pray for those who are struggling with medical decisions. We pray for those who are wondering how to make ends meet. We pray for those whose lives are being torn apart by war and conflict. We pray for those in the healthcare field still dealing with COVID-19. We pray for those who are hungry and thirsty and in need of nourishment. We pray for those who are seeking shelter in our own community and beyond. We pray for those who are wondering how they can advocate and act and become answers to the prayers of others. From our Western Ontario Waterways Regional Council prayer cycle, we pray for Chatsworth Massey pastoral charge. And from our ecumenical prayer circle from the World Council of Churches, we pray for Belarus, Moldova, Russia, and Ukraine. Loving God, we bring these and all other concerns that we name now in the silence of our hearts. God of new life, we are so thankful for the light, hope, and joy we experience this Easter day. We join our voices now with others throughout the world, praying for your kingdom, using words that Jesus taught us, sharing in the Lord's Prayer in whatever language or version is most meaningful to us. We join together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptations, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And friends, let us join in singing hymn number 586 from Voices United, We Shall Go Out With Hope of Resurrection.
friends. Hallelujah, Christ is risen. Christ has risen indeed. Hallelujah. And as we go from here into whatever this day, whatever life may bring our way, may we know that God goes with us, that the promise of Easter is ours to bear and ours to share, that we are all blessed to be a blessing. Let us go in love, let us go in peace, and let us go with God. Amen. Thank you.